Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Jordan, and this is Written in the Margins, a podcast all about your favorite books. Today, we're going to be talking about Percy Jackson and The Lightning Thief by Rick Riordan. I am super excited for this book. This oh, is one yeah, of my favorite childhood books. When remember, did you read this? I remember reading it in like fourth or fifth grade. No, no, no. I read it earlier than that. I think I read it in like third grade because I remember that I remember reading Mark of Athena in like the second Percy Jackson series and waiting for House of Hades to come out in fourth grade. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Percy Jackson, it came out in 2005. It's like you don't, you read it and you don't think it's that old, but it is. I was two. So are you. (laughs) 2005 was the year my little brother was born. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. It seems crazy because I feel like everyone our age has read it, but like it came out super early. Um, I love this book so much. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's one of the only books that I like that is written in first person. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I first read it, I was like, wait a minute. This is in first person. And mm-hmm. then I had I went and I looked up other books that are in first person because you just you just don't see many of yeah. them. And like I think the Hunger Games is in first yeah, person. That was the only one I could think of was the Hunger Games. And um wasn't Divergent in first person as well? I don't remember, but I don't remember. I Percy Jackson is definitely years. one of the better books that is written in first person. And also mm-hmm. it's got a table of contents. Yes, mm-hmm. and chapter names. <laughs> I haven't read a book so long in so long that has like actual chapter names. It's, I know it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a fun read. Like no matter what age you are, like I feel like it's one of those books that I will just never grow out of. Exactly, Percy is such a relatable narrator, and yes. and all the characters. It just. It just flows so well, and it's it's happy, it's funny, it but it's also serious, and it's got so many good life lessons that you can learn from. For years and years, this was like my comfort book, like my go-to comfort book. Like okay. I would just go back and reread the series all the time. Like this one and Harry Potter were just my go-to comfort books for years. Mm-hmm. Oh, what I was saying about never growing out of it, literally my grandma read it for the first time this last year. Oh, really? What'd she think of it? She enjoyed it. She's only read the first two. She's actually listening right now. So, grandma, you better get caught up on these books because <laughs> <laughs> she um, she enjoyed it. And she does not like fantasy at all. So... I, I think that she'll really like some of the other ones, especially like Battle of the Labyrinth. I could totally mm-hmm. see her loving. Yeah, you mentioned that this book and Harry Potter were your comfort books. When I was reading this, I actually, I was drawing parallels to mm-hmm. Harry Potter that I felt were interesting. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, Her- Hermione would definitely be in Annabeth Chase because oh, both of them definitely. are very smart. Mm-hmm. Hermione would be in the House of Athena. Oh, yeah. Um, it would be funny if Harry was in um, the Zeus cabin because of his lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Yeah, and I was 
There was one line where Mr. D reminded me so much of Severus. Mm-hmm. And I was I, I was shocked for a second. I was like, wait a minute. Am oh, I reading yeah. the same book? <laughs> oh my goodness. You can totally draw parallels between those characters. Like two uh-huh. grumpy teachers who don't want to be there and hate kids and are like <laughs> doing it because they were forced to. Yes, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we talk too much about the book and just confuse the heck out of everyone, uh, we probably should uh, get into what this book is actually about. Yeah, all right. So I think Percy is 12 in this book, which yeah. is crazy because... I remember when I was younger, I was like, Percy is so old, but <laughs> we're actually like six years young, older than him now. No, it's like the perspective when you're looking back on this book is... Is crazy because it's just really like you said it's relatable to any age um but it's it's crazy that he's 12 it's like mm-hmm. I, I can't even process it anyway yeah. basically percy he is not having a fun time at the beginning he, no he is not he's trying his best in school but he's got adhd he's got dyslexia he's He's ha- he's got a rough go of it, and <laughs> <laughs> and he and his friend Grover they go on a field trip, and and some weird stuff goes down. His teacher turns into a monster, and his other teacher um, gives him a pen that turns into a sword, and he he is understandably freaked out. And um, throughout the course of the book he learns that he's a demigod half mortal half greek god and then he goes to this summer camp called camp half blood where he learns to fight monsters and Mm -hmm. he he goes on a quest with annabeth another camper and grover who he learns is a satyr and throughout this quest they they fight monsters they they meet gods and they're trying to go to the underworld to get Zeus's master bolt back from Hades who they believe stole it stole it and actually it turns out that spoiler alert if you haven't read the book go read it so I don't spoil you um <laughs> I mean it's a book it's a podcast about the book so we're spoiling it anyways yes blanket spoiler alert here we go um, <laughs> Um, it turns out that Hades was actually the one that stole the Master Bolt. Um, he, ha- he had um, another camper, Luke, steal it for him. And they, they were like in league and um, trying to start a war between the gods um, and just cause chaos in general. And, um, but then Percy gets the bolt. He fights off Ares, he returns it to Zeus, and then everything is right again. Until the next book. Oh, yeah. All right. <clears throat> that was a good summary, Jordan. Thank you. I, I tried. <laughs> um, let's get into this. I, I did write two and a half pages of plot notes, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's good, because I cannot remember a plot to li- pretty much any book I read, so <laughs> this is going to be... This is going to be an adventure. Yeah. All right. So right from the get-go, the minute I read the first page, it was, let me, let me read it. It's, it says, look, I didn't want to be a half-blood. And from that, the minute I read that, it was just, the musical was stuck in my head. 
the entire <laughs> book. I'm not joking. It was it was just each song. I remember you texted me about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I was like, OMG, Allison. I can't get this out of my head. It was stuck in my head. <laughs> I uh like like I said, minute first page, just something about the narration, something about that first line memories like flooded with memories of like fourth and fifth grade Allison with my little Tinkerbell hair like up late at night with a flashlight in my room reading this book and I would like <laughs> get in trouble for staying up late and oh, yeah. my mom would like threaten to take away my books and stuff and ground oh, yeah, me. me <laughs> you know you're a book nerd when your punishment as a child wasn't like getting your phone taken away it was getting your books taken away <laughs> <laughs> definitely <laughs> All right, who's your favorite character out of the entire book? Oh, obviously Grover. Really? Really? Hands down was the funniest me. character ever. I related more to Annabeth. Mm-hmm. I can totally see that in you, too. Like, I feel like... I feel like you always relate to, like, the smarter characters in the book, yeah. I mean, when I was reading it, I loved Grover. He was great. But He's honestly... So the only reason why Grover is in the first book is because he can actually read. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because Annabeth and Percy have dyslexia, and they're just, like, squinting their eyes, trying to read. They're struggling. <laughs> and Grover's over here, like, what are you guys talking about? That just says Auntie M's Emporium or whatever. And, and they're just like, huh, okay. <laughs> I... Grover is so funny to me and he's like super interesting because like I feel like a lot of the characters in the book are like Grover's like super naive and weak and like Grover is so brave he is so brave and he doesn't even have like superpowers like I guess he's a satyr he's a satyr but like that doesn't give you superpowers you can just like pay play the pan flute Kind of. <laughs> Grover's not even that good at it. No, it was like, hold on a second. I pulled up. Um, it was one of the pages I bookmarked that I was thought it was funny the songs that he learned on it. Oh yes, he he kind of knew Mozart's piano concerto number twelve and Hilary Duff's So Yesterday. Those are so random. <laughs> well, I guess it was two thousand five. Grover must have been a huge Hilary Duff fan. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. I I just I love him so much. I think it's so funny. I love that he's like constantly eating trash in the background of like every other scene. <laughs> yeah, and I like how his his ability to talk to animals is actually relevant. Mhm. Mm I feel like, like in a lot of books like some characters talk to animals, but like it has no point to the plot. Mm -hmm. Like, you're basically just Snow White. Like, why do we need you? But yeah, his works out a lot. And each character is so unique and different and well-written. Mm -hmm. And and it, I think it especially shows in the god's description. Oh, yeah. You, like, each each god, you, you read it and you're like, you can guess who it is just by the description, which mm -hmm. is great. Like um Hermes his is dressed in his like tracksuit mm -hmm. and um and um what's his face uh, Poseidon has got his like fishing gear and and Ares is has got those cool sunglasses and his oh yeah like a jacket and it, it's just it's great 
I think Aries is my favorite like description of a god. Just kind of him as like a motorcycle dude. Like I was love. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the gods we meet in the first book, um, I I'm gonna have to say Poseidon just because I love I love um, the moment at the end when Percy meets his dad, mm-hmm. and it was just I felt it. In my heart. I'm such a sucker for a good like father son moment. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if we're talking about other books, well, I won't get into that. We'll get into yeah. that. Well, we'll get that into that later. Um, much like the Harry Potter question, which cabin do you think you would be sort of? We do you think you would be in? Um, the Athena cabin, duh. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like I love to read, and like I'm super scared of spiders so oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no way i definitely at the end cabin i have no idea um i don't know because i don't like i would think like i don't think i would be able to do good in anything like Poseidon because i hate swimming and mm-hmm. i hate running so i couldn't be in like hermes I um think you you want to be a lawyer right mm-hmm I think you'd do well in the Aphrodite cabin because, like, charms speak and everything. Oh, that is true. And I do spend way too much time doing my makeup. So, <laughs> although with, like, Aphrodite, kind of, like, their beauty is almost effortless with them. But I Girl, think be your beauty is in. effortless. And someone would always be there to give you a lip gloss so you wouldn't have to worry about it. <laughs> um, let's get into the actual plot of the book. So, from the beginning, I freaking love Sally Jackson so much. Oh my gosh, me too. I wrote in my note, let's take a golden moment to appreciate the beauty that is Sally Jackson. Oh, yes. I I, I forgot she was in the book, mm-hmm. and, then, and then she showed up, and I was like, you know what? I love you. I know. <laughs> like, I totally forgot about her until she figuratively walked on screen but showed uh-huh. up in the book and I was like oh my goodness <laughs> like like once yeah. again I was flooded with all of those memories of like the world's coolest book mom mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, and when she when she quote unquote died I I was sad I oh, was yeah. I was sad we didn't get to see her I was, uh, I was like no I I don't <laughs> Sally. I need Sally. You can't just take her away. She works at a candy shop. It's the so sweet. It's so sweet. Mm-hmm. I I love her so much. And like this whole beginning of the book, um, where he's in the um the museum with his class and stuff, I just thought it was a really fun beginning like I love his description of the characters especially Grover mm-hmm. and like it kind of also shows like the age of the character like the way that he describes a lot of the people like um Nancy the uh the other girl in his class who keeps like mm-hmm. picking on him and stuff and he <laughs> he talks about I Rick Riordan's really good at just like adding in these like little throwaway lines that if you don't pay attention to they're like normal but if you really look into them you're like that is so weird or that's so funny (laughs) like Percy has 
an illegal stash of candy that he's been selling out of his dorm room at the boarding school. <laughs> that is such a Percy thing to do. Like throughout the book, I was twelve like, little boy thing too. <laughs> yeah, Percy is so petty and dramatic the entire book. I was living for it. It, it gets over things so fast. Mm-hmm. Like his mom dies, and he's sad for like two days, but then he's like, "All right." Let's go on a quest. I'm fine. Like, my dad needs me. He's like, let's go play some capture the flag. <laughs> let's do it. And that's I love the capture the flag scene. That is, I think that's my favorite chapter out of oh, the really? entire thing because like so much happens in it. We get capture the flag. Mm-hmm. Percy learns who is who his dad is. Oh yeah. And Luke is Luke, and, <laughs> and we get to see Clarice um, being badass and oh it's, yeah. It's I know great. for Luke when he first appeared on in the cabin where Percy's recovering, mm-hmm. he um um I wrote in my notes ah yes Luke that crafty sob <laughs> definitely <laughs> like Luke is definitely uh, one of the characters where you don't realize he's evil until the last possible moment, but mm-hmm. like the second time you're reading it. It all the clues it's are there. so clear. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like just working is- in the background of everything, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, it's required. Mm-hmm. It's so good at foreshadowing. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. And it's like for the first time you read it through, it's like very subtle. But mm-hmm. then, like, the second and third time, you're like, oh, this was there all along. Like, I don't know if it maybe it was just our age that we didn't pick it up, but it's. It's great. It's fair. Like the fact that Percy's favorite color is blue and we didn't think that he was going to be Poseidon's son. I know, right? Also, the blue foods thing, like that, that is a memory I carry with me all the time. Like, oh, yes. If I were to forget everything about this book, the one thing that I would remember is that Percy only eats blue foods. <laughs> yes if, if there were a list in my head i mean what am i talking about there is a list <laughs> the list in my head percy jackson is definitely on the list of books that i wish i could forget everything about just so exactly. i could reread it again yo the- if i could reread mark of athena and have to wait for that cliffhanger again um that was like the worst two years of my life but i would relive it again in a heartbeat <laughs> Reading Percy, discovering that he's uh, Poseidon's son for the first time again. Oh my goodness. I remember the excitement that filled me when I first read me, that. Me too. I was squealing. I was just like in my bed. It's like bouncing up and down. Like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is happening. <laughs> I haven't read this book in so long, but I still feel like, like, I just feel like giddy at like moments mm-hmm. that I forgot that I forgot. Like exactly, I was reading a baseball cap. I totally forgot about that until it popped up. (laughs) Yeah, I was reading it, and I throughout the book, I was like, "Huh, you know what? I I remember this. This is what happens." Like Gabe's Camaro, Mm -hmm. um, how like how it crashes um at the bottom of Half Blood Hill. I was like, "Wait a minute, I remember this." Mm -hmm. Or um. I just love he also does like a really good job of foreshadowing like um especially like he talks about in 
what the first couple chapters when so when this is when they're like actually at the camp and i believe it's him and grover who are talking to each other mm-hmm. and they start talking about the tree and they're talking about talia who we will get introduced to in the third book and is my other favorite character and um i was like i literally wrote my note i was, I was like yay talia i'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so that's pretty much the beginning of the book. Um, and then once we get... You know what's surprising to me? Mm-hmm. We don't actually learn Annabeth's backstory until chapter 13. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. crazy, because she just she hides it all. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's so funny, because throughout the entire series, Annabeth and Percy, they're tight. They're, they're best bros. Yeah. And the first, except for the first book, because the first book, they're like Poseidon and Athena or enemies, let's go. And and so Annabeth is all withdrawn from Percy because she theoretically doesn't like him. And so we don't learn we don't learn her backstory until chapter 13. Oh yeah. Of, of how she came to camp and how how it was Grover and Talia and Luke and what happened. And I I I was so sad. Mm-hmm. oh yeah i forgot how depressing her backstory is because like once we get into um the second percy jackson series heroes of olympus we kind of learn more about like her situation with her like what it was like actually living at home before she lived at camp but mm-hmm. like right now it's like it's still super depressing mm-hmm yeah, it's just he's so he's so good at foreshadowing. Like I could literally spend all day talking about how he sets up so much stuff for the rest of the series. Yeah, and, like, and even like- they talk about the Roman gods, and they're like, "Oh yeah, the Roman gods don't even exist." And I was like, "Yes, they do." Mm-hmm. Yeah, in <laughs> in um and the um the oracle. I love the prophecies because at the beginning of each book we get a prophecy, and mm-hmm. you. No, by the end of the book, it's gonna be fulfilled, and it's very satisfying when you get to like chapter twenty-one when mm-hmm. everything is fulfilled, and it's 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 great. They do the same thing in um, the other Suzanne Collins series, um, the Underland Chronicles, where mm-hmm. we get um, a new prophecy at the beginning of each book, and I, by the end of it, the prophecy is fulfilled, and it is so satisfying. Speaking of, we should definitely do Gregor the Overlander sometime because I freaking love those books. I haven't read them, but I, I did read The Hunger Games and I like mm-hmm. that. So. Yeah. Um, so once they're at the camp, after they're at the camp, um, Percy goes to the Oracle and he gets a quest. <clears throat> and, he ends, and he ends up taking grover and annabeth with him because annabeth reveals herself in her badass baseball cap no, i she's remember like, i wanted that so much when i was younger yeah she's like a quest count me in and percy's like all righty then <laughs> and one of the first places they go is they took a bus they took a bus yeah, and they, they had the ladies with the string yeah and the bus blew up Oh yes, um, the knitting ladies—they are fate, right? Mm, I believe so. Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember those freaked me out when I was younger. Oh yeah, I was like, 
I bet you these are these guys are gonna show up later. Mm-hmm. And then I totally forgot all about them. Mind you, the movies are terrible, but I do remember that those also freaked me out in the movies. I don't remember the movie because it was mm-hmm. just that bad. Um, so they take the bus and they crash and Percy falls into the ocean. Sorry, I I it's been a while since I read the beginning. Mm. No, they they so they take the bus. They take the bus and um they escape and they they're running through the forest and they run into Medusa. Yes, yes, Medusa plotline. Um this is so fun. I have such this is, this is the one part of the book that I remember when I reread it. I was yes, just like I was going to say the same thing. There were parts of it that I did not remember that did make me laugh. Um might I say uh Grover bleats when he laughs like a goat. <laughs> that is hands down the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. You know what's also funny mm-hmm. is the entire story there's just like well it's like little snippets where um Rick Riordan, he mentions that Percy is wanted by the police for questioning. Yes, he's wanted for, like, manslaughter. Like, they think he killed his mom in Grand Theft Auto. I I just laugh the entire time, and then at the end, he's just so petty. He's like, oh, yeah, everyone in Los Angeles, you can call my my stepdad, (laughs) or he's gonna send you a free major appliance, and it's great. Like, way to go, Percy. Um, but so in the chapter with Medusa, when they walk in, um, Grover like picks up that something's going weird in the background from the very beginning. And I just wanted to bring up this. I wanted to read this little section. It's like three parag- three little paragraphs because it makes me laugh so hard every single time. So they walk into the air, they walk into this little restaurant and it's called like Auntie M's or something and mm-hmm. obviously standing for Medusa which they did not realize and so they're all helpful for a snack bar and Grover's like this place is weird but they ignored him and um, the front lot was a forest of statues uh, cement animals, cement children even a cement satyr playing the pipes which gave Grover the creeps blah ha ha you bleated it looks like my uncle Ferdinand <laughs> I was at work when I read that. <laughs> and I just burst out laughing. <laughs> you know what? Wait, there's a part that made me laugh. Is it was when um they were they were they were going to the underworld and they run into um the waterbed place mm-hmm. and then, oh. and then Percy he just he just outsmarts the guy mm-hmm. and then pops off his legs and his head and for some reason that made me cackle i was <laughs> dying of laughter i was like oh yeah percy let's go there's so many points in this book that just like took me by surprise it's very rare that i laugh out loud when reading a book but i just like i was laughing so hard when i read that mm-hmm. i 
I love Grover so much. He's so funny. And the fact that he's like laugh, like I just have this picture in my head of him like staring at a statue and just laughing his head off because it looks like his uncle. <laughs> that is something that I would do. <laughs> and then what's sad is like when they're running away, he's like, that really is my uncle Ferdinand. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> it is. Um, the Medusa the Medusa plot is fun. I remember reading it when I was younger. And like this is like I like you said, it was one of the few scenes that I have like very distinct memories of. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And um I totally forgot the the entire thing with the St. Louis Arch mm-hmm. and how oh. Percy fell off of it. And I was just oh my gosh. I didn't remember like a lot of it i just remember him like falling and the whole thing with the water and stuff yeah mm-hmm. and, and i was that stressed me out when he was falling i was like how the heck is he gonna get out of this one and then he can breathe underwater and i was like well yeah alrighty then <laughs> it's like that is such a cool power mm-hmm. i wish i could breathe underwater um i hate swimming so it would all it would be like a blessing and a curse for me because people would be like you're just gonna want to go in the water a lot now but (laughs) i all but then i would also not have to worry about drowning Mm -hmm. and um um, mm -hmm. i think the whole like iris messaging it's so cool i love how rick riordan just like weaves in little details that make the world building so real like iris messaging and just like grover's shoes from hermes oh yeah Uh, the shoes are cool i remember like the only thing that i remembered about the shoes is that grover couldn't control them and that they um were gonna drag him into um course because they were meant for percy yeah, I, and then, like, on a second read-through, you're like, oh, my goodness. Because mm-hmm. you realize that Luke Luke orchestrated it. He gave those shoes to Percy to kill him. Mm-hmm. And then and then Percy was like, nah, sorry, can't use these. And so he gave them to Grover. Oh, yeah. And it, it's, you don't, you don't even realize it when you read it through the first time. All right, so after they leave... Um... Medusa's lair and they chop off her head. They next head to Well know, before we get into that, I, I wanna I wanna say this is gonna be a running theme for me, but Percy sending that head to, to the gods, mm-hmm. he's petty. Oh he is definitely. Definitely. He was like, screw you and your stupid freaking quest. Here's a head. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I wonder what this'll do to a god let's 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 find out all right and the scene scene with um where Ares sends them to waterland after they they make it to las vegas i think no that was before las vegas oh yeah Mm -hmm. um that is just so hilarious Mm -hmm. i i was laughing the entire time just because because Annabeth is scared out of her mind, and Percy is just being a powerhouse mm-hmm. with, with like moving the water and everything. Oh yeah, and and Grover's over here. Um, <laughs> he's trying his best. 
He's probably eating trash in the background, which is like he, super funny. He's <laughs> definitely eating. He's stress eating. <laughs> oh yeah. I just okay. There, <laughs> I was talking about throw lights. We're gonna bring this back for a moment. To there's a lot of scenes where Grover is just eating anything and everything in sight. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I love in this is like like I said, bring it back back to when they're at camp. And Mr. D has just finished a Diet Coke. And in the background, like they're having dialogue. There's like dialogue going on in the background in the like the main part. It's a very important conversation. But like just mm-hmm. off to the side, just a quick little line. Grover just turns to Mr. D and it's like, can I have that? And then he just bites into the tin, bites into the Diet Coke can. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Medusa. Mm-hmm. They were they were talking to Medusa and then and Grover's over here looking nervous, and Percy Percy thinks that he's gonna eat the the French f- French fry lining. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Or they were like on the train or something, and you looked over, and, and Grover was just like chewing on some like piece of tin or something. Yeah, it's it's Grover's great. He's such a fun background character. All right, so back to back to Waterland, like the whole. Mm-hmm whole tunnel of love thing it's it's hilarious because at this point point, annabeth and percy they look at each other and they're like hell no we ain't doing this oh yeah but but then they realize that the the shield is in there and they're like oh all righty and it's so it's so clever it's for once again rick riordan master at foreshadowing master foreshadowing he deserves an award for that like the Lightning Thief won so many children's books awards, but can Rick Riordan win an award that says Master of Foreshadowing? Okay, here we go. I, I, Jordan, I humbly bestow Rick Riordan the uh, the award for foreshadowing. There we go. He's got an award now. I, Allison, have have bared witness to it. Yes, <laughs> it's 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 so great because they go into the tunnel of love. And then by the end of the series, they're totally in love. Oh, it's it's great. Spoiler on that, by the way. Um, <laughs> but that's not much of a spoiler. They're, they're twelve. Yeah, um, they. Yeah, uh, I love that it's a prank. Also, like uh-huh. that's just being like this, like prankster god, just const like Percy, super petty, constantly trying to get back at Aphrodite. Uh huh. Yeah, and then once once they, I really love the description of the underworld. It, it it really draws me into it. And Cerberus and Annabeth, I mm-hmm. love them. I wish we got more of them. I wish Annabeth remembered Cerberus and went back and like gave him a dog bone or something <laughs> because we see Cerberus in the underworld and then we like never see him again. And it oh, makes yeah. me really sad. I remember that the underworld was super haunting for me when I was little. Like, well, yeah. like the description of it, and like they talk about it kind of more when a um, little bit of a spoiler. Hades does have a couple kids, but once we get more of like we get, when we get a couple of Hades kids that come in. Um, they kind of have haunting, like all the characters that are children of Hades are kind of more haunting characters. Mm-hmm. And like when they describe like the different punishments 
that there is in there, it's haunting. Like, it, yeah. I just remember, like, the idea of, like, just even, like, getting the coin and just having to wait there forever. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was also laughing, though. Can you tell I laughed through, the, through this entire book? <laughs> I, I was laughing when he was describing the punishments because one of them was listening to opera for eternity. Oh. And I, I died because that that's just hilarious. You're not an opera music person. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know, it's close enough to, to Broadway musicals that I think I could handle it. Um. I don't know if they talk about... There's two of them that I couldn't handle. Um, The one of not having a coin and having to sit in that freaking waiting room because I hate the DMV so much. Like, I I hate the DMV so much. That would drive me crazy. Like, I would just get, like, in-person road rage. That one or um, the one... I don't know if they talk about it. I can't remember if they talk about it in this book, but they definitely talk about it in the series. The one where you have to stand in a field forever and you just like um, the fields of asphodel yeah you just like stand in a field yeah, forever that, that is my worst nightmare uh, that's a nightmare yeah i hate grass <laughs> <laughs> i hate water i hate sand i hate grass i just hover like i can't even be on the <laughs> ground <laughs> yeah and then yeah the description of hades once again is so great um, because he just oozes darkness. Oh yeah, and he reminds me so much of, like, his physical description reminds me of Severus. I knew you were gonna say that. Um, yeah, I mean, yes. you are my best friend. I, so. For some reason, I never quite like imagined him as a person more as like even though they describe him like I always just kind of in my head I just saw him as like a figure like more of like the like I can imagine more of like like the like the dread of the presence of him and it's like an overwhelming amount of like depression and like anxiety and just like not as much terror, but like a heaviness that just like settles on your chest when you're around mm-hmm. him. And so like you feel like all of the energy drain from you and there's like nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after after they they escape the underworld, which it's that scene is great because yeah. they go to the underworld and they go for no reason. Oh, yeah. And it's, and then they get back, and then it, they find out that it was Hades, or not Hades, it was Ares that, um, that gave them, that stole the Master Bolt. And Percy fights Ares, and mm-hmm. that is the most wonderful scene ever because Percy, Percy just releases his inner badass, and he's oh, yeah. just fighting Ares and like water and he's just so smart about fighting mm-hmm. him and it's great alright um, now for the conclusion of the book we see well kind of like the pre-conclusion to the conclusion we have um, Percy return the bolt Actually, you're going to read it out because I can't remember anything. <laughs> yeah, he, Percy, he he 
goes, he they take a flight, um, and they they go to Mount Olympus, and he returns the Master Bolt, and he sees his dad for the first time. And oh, let me read out the description of his dad because it's very funny. It's amazing. Um, so in the book, <laughs> the air smelled of the the air crackled and smelled of the ozone. Percy, how do you know what that smells like? But okay. Uh, um, he was, he reminded me, he says, he reminded me of a beachcomber from Key West. He wore leather sandals, khaki Bermuda shorts, and a Tommy Bahama shirt with coconuts and parrots all over it. His skin was deeply tan. His hands scarred like an old fisherman's. His hair was black like mine. His face was all that same brooding look that he got, gotten me. He branded a rebel. And his eyes, sea green like mine, were surrounded by sun creakles that he smiled a lot too. His throne was a deep fisherman's chair. It was a simple swiveling kind with black leather seat and a built-in holster for a fishing pole. Instead of the pole, the holster held a bronze trident flickering with green light around the tips. Why the heck is his throne a fishing chair? Because he's amazing like that. He's just so laid back. Like Zeus, Zeus is all high and mighty, but the true powerhouse is Poseidon, who doesn't even need a throne. He just lays back <laughs> in the fishing chair and is like, yes, bow before me. Um, I love that he's specifically wearing a Tommy Bahama shirt. Like, <laughs> He was like, if I'm, he's like, I'm not gonna dress up, but I will put in like a high class Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> he probably eats at Tommy Bahama as well. Also, I want his shirt so bad, coconuts and parrots. That's super <laughs> freaking stylish. Yeah, it reminds me of when you tried to buy that couch that had those awful <laughs> that sailboats on was it. Beautiful. Okay, Percy. And Poseidon would have loved this. I need your guys' opinion on this, right? Sky blue had waves on it. It was waves. And then on it were little islands with palm trees and like seagulls. And there was matching throw pillows that went with it. It was perfect. It was like perfectly small enough just to sit two people. It's a statement piece. It's ugly. It's beautiful. If I were to see it in someone else's house, I would be like, that is an amazing couch. No, no. I had to stop you, and I'm proud of that decision. I still think we should get it. It's amazing. Well, anything. Well, anyways, uh, Percy, he returns the master role. He returns the camp a hero, and all is right in the world until the next book. Mm -hmm. Um, remind me what happens to Luke at this end of this book. He and he and Ares escape, kind of. Yeah, Luke. Luke sends a scorpion out uh, to Percy, and then mm-hmm. and then like rides off into the waves or something. I don't know. I don't know what happens to Luke. He disappears, and then we see him again on a cruise ship. Mickey, Mickey is he's he's trying to talk to you. Oh. Hi, Mickey. If you didn't know, Mickey is Jordan's cat. Yeah, he's... And um, according to Jordan, he speaks to me. He does. He's he's trying he's trying to yell, and it's not coming out. <laughs> My dog, Rocky. I don't know where he is in the house. My brother is having a sleepover with his friend downstairs, so I'm sure that he's trying to hide from their noise. <laughs> and probably stealing their pizza. 
Alrighty, out of ten, what is your rating for this book? Ooh. Okay. Okay. Let me premise this by saying this is not my favorite book in the series. Because neither. My favorite book in the series is the third one, which is a trend in me. I always love the third book in the series. So in comparison to the other books, a seven. I can see that. Like, it's good. It's good. There's a lot of it that's fun. But I will say there is a lot of stuff in this book that did not need to be in it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. There was, like, random cutscene, like, I guess, because they just didn't end up affecting the plot that much at the end. And I don't know. I um, I don't know. Like, they would make, like, some of the little shortcuts just didn't need to be in it. But also, it's, like, it's just to fill time in the book and to yeah, make it. It, it, it is geared towards middle schoolers. So mm-hmm. some of the the elements in it are just too young for us yeah um, there's like there's there's definitely parts of this i've grown out of where i was like okay but yeah. um i still love this book it's still hilarious to me yeah however many years later and um i just think that the more like the further get, we get into the series like the more mature the characters get and more mature the content gets and mm-hmm. In comparison to the, I guess, the the first five books of the series, this is, like, towards the top, but not my top one in the series. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it an eight for mm-hmm. me. Um, it's, it's not my favorite book. That one's the fourth one. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's probably my second or third favorite in the mm-hmm. series. I mean, it is wonderful. But it's definitely not my favorite. It's so fun. Um, it's, I, I, whenever I need to read something that is for for laughs, I always pick up this book. It's oh yeah. It it soothes my soul. Like I said, for years and years, this was my comfort book, and it's just something I can go back to and be like, like Percy is such a likable character, mm-hmm. and. It is such a, it's such a comforting book to read. Like, his narration is just so fun to read. And yeah, there was this, there was this one line where he says, "This boy needed a double cheeseburger," and I was just like, "Me too, person. <laughs> Me too." He's so fun, and he like, you want to be him, and you also relate so much to him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Ooh. ooh. Here's a good question. Um, do you think this book, if you were to read this for the first time, do you think this book would set you up to read the second one? Like when you finish that book, when you finish the book and you're like, hmm, that's the end, would you be like, oh yeah, I totally feel like there should be a second book? Or are you like, I'm, I'm fine with this one? Yeah, I think... Um- it definitely wraps itself up mm-hmm. um, the main plotline for this book, but it also sets up the larger, um, the larger conflict of Kronos mm-hmm. and his return. And so, I'd, yeah, I definitely do feel like there should be a second book. I mean, there is, but when you read it, that you feel like there should be a second book. Yeah. Um, and. When I read it, I mean, the second book is not my favorite. It's oh, I was going to say, um, when we get to the second book, which will be two weeks from now? 
Uh, yeah, I believe so. Two weeks from now. Um, I'm premise it by saying, please do walk, please do listen, but it is not my favorite. Like the first time I read it through, I skipped it and it didn't make any impact on the series. Yeah. But there are some fun moments in it. Like <laughs> there are. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get to that in um a couple weeks. And if anyone wants to check out our reading schedule, um, we will be posting our it on our website, uh, which is written in the margins podcast.squarespace.com. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone wants to go check it out, we have our bookshelves, we have our our library, we have um, our reading schedule. If anyone wants to contact us, uh, do it through the webpage. It's really easy. Make sure to check out um, each of our libraries. It just kind of has what books that each of us have on our shelf and we would just love to hear more recommendations on what we should read books that maybe neither of us have read before or maybe something that you see on our shelf or there's probably a lot of books on our shelves that we haven't read too so or or if you just want to let us know your thoughts about an episode Mm -hmm. um, or your thoughts about a book that you've read Um, i'm sure everyone's got their own opinions about percy jackson oh yeah so uh, if you just want to hop on to the website and let us know, that'd be that'd be cool. As for next week, we're going to be talking about another one of our other favorite childhood books. I promise this podcast is not only about children's books, but it's kind of an industrial revolutionary industrial revolution story about three children called The Clockwork Three. Yeah, it's by Matthew J. Kirby. It's amazing. Um, But we will talk about it more next week if you all want to tune in. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. It was super fun getting to talk about this. And we hope that you come back next Thursday to give it another listen. All right. Thank you. Thank you.